0: Well, we looked last week, just really as a, a starter, getting into the, the term, getting into the decade, we're just picking up on, on one or two different things, and we were looking last week at Ephesians chapter 3, it's a great, great chapter, which includes this great prayer of the Apostle Paul, and, but it talks about the fact that for us, I think particularly I was saying that in a world, in a context of much change... And great deal of uncertainty at times. What does it mean to be living in the light of the truth? And particularly in Ephesians chapter 3, this mystery. Paul talks about a mystery that has been revealed. And what, what's the implications of that mystery? It's a great chapter, chapter 3 of Ephesians. For a long time, there was a mystery. It was hidden. There was something that was hidden. Yes, there were glimpses. Right through the Old Testament, the first part of the the Bible, there are glimpses, there are moments, but it's still, there's a mystery about it. You're waiting, you're waiting for revelation to come. The prophets speak, great announcements are made about what is to come, but it's still a bit vague, it's a bit uncertain, and there's a waiting for it to be revealed. But then we said, not any longer. God had a plan, and to quote the verses we've been uh, using lots and lots over the last month, when the time had fully come, light came. Light came in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was the Apostle Paul's commission, his calling from God to preach, literally to bring to light this mystery uh, to to shine a light on the mystery and this this was the truth that through the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ death and resurrection that we've been singing about today that through the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ the Gentiles that's that's us that's you and I are heirs we are inheritors with Israel members together of one body sharers together of the promises. In Jesus Christ. It's an incredible, incredible truth. And uh, so, in what we were saying is that in this world of change, in the world of doubt, of, of fear, there is hope, there is an answer, there is salvation. A Savior has come. For every single one of us who turn and recognize and acknowledge the person of Jesus Christ, who he is and what he's done, there is salvation. And what that does is it brings assurance. A reminder of a hymn from my childhood and some of yours, I'm, so, I'm sure. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation. Come on, David. Where's David? Purchase of God. Washed in his blood, yeah. Washed in his blood is a weird phrase. If you're here and new to church and you're going, washed in what? What is that about? I, I, I recognize that's a weird phrase. But there's an assurance, Jesus has died. He's risen again. I've been saved. And I love that application that Ashley just brought to us in the, in the communion. This is a Bible teacher here, brothers and sisters. I love the way he just brings the word to us, just like that. The kingdom now. Yes, there is a kingdom still to come. We're looking for the for the more the finished work of Christ, but He finished on the cross, and He said, "The king when I am among you, the kingdom has come. The kingdom has come. But there is a fullness that we're we're longing for and waiting for. But the, it's not like we will the battle be beaten? You know, will things be finished? They are finished. It is finished," He said. The battle has been won. Yes, there are skirmishes still going on. There is an enemy who's trying to take people down with him. But Jesus has already won. The victory has been won. Hallelujah. I'm going to have no voice by the end of this. But anyway, I'm going to leave it on the road, all right? So uh, that's fine. So there's an assurance. And then we get these great verses that talk uh, about us being rooted and established in the truth. Rooted and established in Christ. And I really just encourage you. But this, this prayer, um, it isn't on the screen. But just at the end of Ephesians 3, he says, I pray out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints. To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love. That surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work in us. To him be glory in the church. In Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. It's just great. I mean you could just meditate on that over the next weeks. But that's where we were last week. And that's what we were looking at. But in the midst of those verses... There is is one uh, particular little phrase, a fascinating phrase that I started to touch on a bit last week and wanted to revisit again uh, this week. Having shone this great light on the on the mystery, uh, in the middle of it, Ephesians chapter three, verse ten, it says this his intent, God's intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. The New Living Translation, God's purpose in all this revelation was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And I talked a a little bit last week about the angels, about the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms And this amazing truth about them watching and learning from us. And uh, there's not a lot in scripture, so there's not a lot we can say because scripture doesn't tell us a lot. But this incredible truth. And we did look a bit at that and just trying to grasp and understand that part of God's purposes was that through the church he would be Teaching, you would be displaying something to the angels, the principalities and powers in the heavenly realms, the rulers and authorities, and that they would learn from us. Well, I want to think just a little bit more today about what it means to be a church that displays the manifold wisdom of God. The church displays the manifold wisdom of God. I used to be involved in exhibitions and events. Uh, That was my job for some eight years um, at the Bible Society in Swindon. I was their exhibition and events coordinator, but before that, um, I had worked with my dad along with Jackie, and we'd done lots of exhibitions and events. In fact. Mike and Jill and I have realised that probably numbers of years, we were probably within a few hundred feet of each other at the Christian Resources Exhibition, um, but just didn't know each other. Um, They were selling these good things, um, and uh, I was selling Bibles and books and and, and other things. But I was very involved in exhibitions and events, did lots of tours with different people. Some of you may remember Adrian Plass. I toured all around the country with Adrian Plass a number of times, Simeon and John, uh, two musicians. I used to do all sorts of stuff, touring, doing events. But part of that job, one of the things that you learn and you need to think a lot about is how things are seen, how they are displayed. What will catch the eye? Some of you, I'm sure, will be well aware that product placement is a huge business today, and if you're not aware, um, then you probably ought to be, (laughs) Um, but every time, so who gets really frustrated when you walk into the supermarket, you know really well, and stuff has moved, is it just Jackie and I, it's like, well he's always here, but it's not there anymore, they've moved it, yeah, Yeah? they do it on purpose, did you know that, they do it on purpose, because you're then looking for the thing that you has been moved. And while you're looking for the thing that has been moved, you're seeing all the other things that you don't normally see. It's a genuine thing. They do it on purpose. It's also, I'm sure they do it to wind us up. But anyway. Um, <laughs> but product placement. But things that are on display are supposed to be seen. They're to catch your eye. So actually, even uh, when I was doing lots of exhibitions and events um, and uh, where you place things, certain things on the stand, so you'd think about, so I don't know if Mike and uh, Jill ever had to scrap over this, but Bible Society being a big charity um, in the UK, of course, and of course all over the world, you would, you would fight over the positions in the, in the exhibition hall in terms of where was the crossroads, where was the footfall. Where was the most footfall? And even the footfall, where was the main door? Where would people come? How were they going to cycle through the exhibition? And as they came towards your stand, your display stand, what would be the first thing they would see? Because you, you want it to be seen. When things are on display, you want them to be seen. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, God has a very specific intention. That we, the church, are on display. People are watching. The world is watching. Angels are watching. And through us, they are learning about the glorious, the many-coloured, the many-flavoured wisdom Of God. That God has chosen to display the glories of his nature and the glories of his character through me. Through you and I. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Some of you are looking somewhat daunted. But now we don't have to do it on our own. He's given us the power of his Holy Spirit to do that. But that's God. It was God's intention. Actual intention that through the church we might be on display so whether that be a product a picture a statue a, a piece of dance theater show it, it's not hidden it's there to be seen it would be very very frustrating if you put something on and some of us will know this if you've ever been involved in that world in any way at all but nobody seemed to see it everybody missed it and then the discussion says it comes along with like well was it where was it placed? How was it being shown? What was the lighting and so on? So this is something that we just I want us to hear and to think about. This is a massive subject. We could talk about it for weeks. But I, I want us to hear this because I think it's so relevant in society right now. I think it's so important in our day and our age in terms of where we are at and what God has called us to. God's specific intention was that through the church people might see and know and understand the glorious, the many-coloured flavour wisdom of God. To quote John start again, I quoted a big section of him last week, but just a small section of that. The church, as a multiracial, multicultural community, is like a beautiful tapestry. It's members coming from a wide range of colourful backgrounds There is no other human community like it. Its diversity and harmony are unique. It is God's new society. That's the description of you. Now, we're weak. We recognize our weaknesses. We recognize our failings. We know how we can let one another down. I'll come back to that in a moment. But I want us to have a high view and a high understanding of the church. It's not supposed to blend in. That's the challenge. It's the challenge in our day and age. Uh, It's a challenge for me, myself. We're living where many of our churches and many of our dear brothers and sisters in, in our nation at the moment are thinking, dare I, should I put my head above the parapet? Shall we be different? Shall we be distinct? Or shall we find ways where we can blend in but it's not supposed to blend in it's not just another club like others among one among many it is utterly different it is utterly distinct of course we've got jesus words in matthew haven't we about being salt and light there is a distinctive if it loses its saltiness it's only good for throwing on the ground for people to trample over you are the salt There's a distinctiveness. There's a flavor that comes. God's new society. It's different. It doesn't, it's not supposed to blend in. This many-colored, many-flavored nature of the church is a reflection of the many-colored, many splendid wisdom of God's distinct. It stands out. It's glorious. So people come together who wouldn't normally come together. Even in this room today, there are many of you in normal walk of life. You would not know each other. You would not really have anything to do with each other at all. And yet you come together. And that's true. We find that all over the nations. We find that in the churches. And, it, and, and I love that and we need to make sure that we keep that. We're not, I don't believe in any way we're called to just be one little group that are very, very similar. We're already reasonably similar but actually we are to welcome those who are different to each other. Because it's displaying God's glory. One of the things I love about being part of regions beyond is that God is calling us to the ends of the earth, the nations, but not just to physically to the ends of the earth, although that is true, but actually it's within our neighbourhoods, it's to those who are different to us. And that is something that I think we've got to hold in tension, we've got to understand and we've got to keep working at. My natural tendency is to go towards people like me. I know that. I'm aware of that. And I consciously and consistently i am trying, wherever I can, to go towards people who are different to me. And and I will take myself out of my comfort zone to cross the room and talk to someone different. But that, that is hard. I know it's hard, and so I know it's hard for you. It is a challenge. But people who come together who wouldn't normally come together, they worship and serve alongside others that they would never normally have known so important, or spend time with. They get to use God-given gifts and abilities that they otherwise would never have known about or used. This is a key thing I want to just highlight today. They get to use God-given gifts and abilities that they would otherwise never have known about or ever used. And those gifts that God gives to his body and to his church, a part of that rich variety of his wisdom that is on display. That's why I'm longing for, and I want us to pray in again this week, that God would continue to release by his Holy Spirit the gifts of his Spirit among us as a people. But it won't be the same gift for each one, because it's a variety, It's a and it displays God's glory. And so there will be different gifts for different ones of us. What does that look like? Well, I want to read two, I think, a quite well-known verse, a Bible, some Bible verses, and then something else that many of you will know about but that help us in this. So we're going to turn the page to Ephesians chapter 4 and just going to jump in at verse 11. These are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Oh, this is the New Living Translation as well. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers... Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, often translated in other versions works of service, to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing, full of love. Isn't that a great translation? Great version. And then the other thing I just want to read to you is something that many of you will have heard, but I think at the beginning of the year, it's a good thing just to read again, and that is the prophetic word that Rodney Hagger gave to us back in our ninth anniversary, October 2017. After he'd seen the giant lemon tree in the wool garden at Osborne House, he, he then came and he gave us this word. I want to read it again to you and I want to highlight something from it. Lemon tree, something growing that shouldn't grow in this country. It was up against a south-facing wall near the coast in a sheltered spot. Apex, God is growing you on a south-facing wall because he's growing something that doesn't normally grow here. He's growing a church that you wouldn't normally expect to see on the Isle of Wight. You'll not be limited by your setting or your geography. So don't limit yourselves by an island mentality or a sense of what can and can't be achieved here. Don't be limited by previous history or experience. The lemon tree was healthy, it was very green and substantial, very fruitful, had lots of lemons. This is the church I want to grow here, says God. A healthy church. People who know who they are in Christ. Can you hear that ringing, what we've just been reading uh, in Ephesians chapter 4? One of the ways you can test the prophetic is does it line up with scripture? Does it confirm Scripture? If it doesn't, we we want to dismiss it. Scripture is what we stand on. Scripture is what we build on. But when you can hear truth ringing, so people who know they are in Christ, have a life of Christ flowing through them, this church will be characterized by life. And the needy and the desperate will also find health and freedom under your shade. A substantial church. You'll be bigger than you would expect, proportionate to your population. But it's not just about numbers, it's to do with strength and stature. I'm building a church of stature. You will attract people from cities, a fruitful church. You will bless not just cows, not just the Isle of Wight, but the nations. He's calling forth fruitfulness from wherever people from apex find themselves, and those who have lacked fruit will become fruitful. You're about to enter a new decade of fruitfulness as you enter your 10th year. The reason the lemon tree was healthy, substantial and fruitful was all down to the fact that it was growing very close to the wall. And So you will be these things if you grow close to Jesus. Stick very close to him. Don't stray from him because it's in his shelter you will be fruitful drawing on his life because the key text for that is John 15 where Jesus talks about being the gardener my father the gardener but Jesus talks about abiding remaining staying close to him if you've never had a copy of that you can find it on our website but it's also in paper form just at the back of the room there by its very nature fruit is usually on display yes <laughs> Uh, in fact, it's one of the ways that you know what a tree is. If you're not really into trees or plants, um, but one of the ways that you can figure out if something is a pear tree is because it's got pears on it. Yeah? Now, those who know a bit more will look at the bark, the branches, the kind of tree. They might look at the leaves. Um, uh, I quite like to do that. Sometimes I get it right. Sometimes I get it wrong. But it's... It's one of the key ways that we know that this tree, this plant, is healthy. Sign of life and health and growth. Because it's bearing fruit. And that fruit is on display. And so uh, there will be times when people will go, wow, look at that. Whatever it might be. Orange tree, peach tree, walnut, sweet chestnut, whatever. Look at that. Look Look at the display because... Of the fruit, it's a sign of its health and its growth, and that is true also of the church. And part of this amazing truth is that we are called to be a blessing to one another. Just again, Ephesians four sixteen. He helps. He uh, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly, as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing, full of love. And then that prophetic word that we read, he's calling forth fruitfulness from wherever people from apex find themselves and those who have lacked fruit will become fruitful. And so as you abide, as you remain, there is fruit that's being produced and that fruit will be a blessing the blessing begins within the body, but very soon that blessing is going to break out of the body, it's going to break out of the building into the community, across the island and to the ends of the earth, amen? But that's, that's what we're looking for, and so there are, there are signs of that. Now it works itself out in all sorts of ways. There's a whole variety of gifts among us, gifts that God wants to see released, One of the reasons that I want to really encourage you to be at the prayer meetings over these next three nights is that together I want us to ask God by his Holy Spirit that this coming year and certainly this decade that we pray into this, that this is a year of calling out of fruitfulness. I want to say that I've been feeling it prophetically that we're to call out fruitfulness in one another. I believe that there are days, it's times, where some of you might say, I don't know that I've been as fruitful as I wanted to be. There's areas, and the prophetic promises that come, those who've lacked fruit will be fruitful. And you say, well, okay, that's the prophetic word. Yeah, but that's what the word of God says. That as we come close to Christ, as we abide in him, you will bear fruit. So, that's why we come together to pray. That's why we make an emphasis on times of prayer and worship, that we might be fruitful. Now that, we have to keep uh, working at that. Working at it in all sorts of ways. But I, I just want to say, this is a year of calling forth fruitfulness. These are, It's days to step in, to, to take part uh, to, to get involved in all sorts of ways. And, and we're going to begin to see that happen. I'll mention something in just a moment. But I, I, want to, I want to do that. But I want us to do that with one another. I want us to come alongside one another and draw out the fruit to encourage. Now, some of you go, who me? What me? <laughs> but to actually build one another up, strengthen one another, encourage one another, uh, and, and to see that fruit. But also to let one another know how much of a blessing that person is to you. So where someone is a blessing to you, that, that encouragement, tell them. Tell them. Because it, it's like adding compost. More fruit will come. So I, I think it's vital for us to grasp. We all have a part to play. We all Have a part to play. I love this translation. As each part does its own special work. Did you see that? It helps the other parts to grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing. What a great description. What a key description of life across the church. We talked about some of this before. I brought it up in in September But it's about each of us running in the lane that God has given to us. Each part does its own special work. Each one of us has a lane. Each one of us has gifts, has abilities, has things from God that he's calling us to run in. Some of us are learning what those are. Some of us have already discovered them, what God has given us, and we are running in those. And we need to to run in that more strongly. For others of us, there are things to be discovered, what God is saying. I want to help with that. Others of us can help with that as we point out to each other. But each part doing its own special work. But also, this cheering one another on helps the other parts To grow. So, I really want to begin to encourage us at a whole new level to begin to be a blessing to others, to cheer others on, to to be those who thank those who are already serving. But as you acknowledge and recognize gifts, callings, abilities, as you see things, to bless that in other people. Amen? Amen? Cheering one another on, calling the gift of God out in one another. I also recognise I have a part to play with that, us as, as elders have a part to play in that, that there are times when you spot something in someone and, and they might not necessarily have known it and having the privilege of coming alongside someone, talking to them about it and saying, have you thought about this? And they sort of look at you and go, really? I want to be doing that and am going to be doing that a lot more this year. Because that's part of what God has called me to do, part of my gift, but also what God has called me here, I believe, as a church. And we've been doing that quietly in different ways, but I think there's, a, there's an emphasis. I want to say there's an emphasis to that, calling forth fruitfulness in this year to come. I want to point out those verses that we read in verse 11 and 12. These are the gifts of Christ. Uh, That he gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors and teachers. Now immediately I just want you to notice something about that. It's not just one. It's plural. The thing you find right the way through the New Testament very much, it's plural. It's not just one. It's not, not somehow some special leader, some special figurehead at the pinnacle. Responsible for it all. But God is giving numbers of gifts, plurality of gifts, that in turn are used for the building, equipping, and releasing of many more gifts. And so in my mind's eye, I think at times, sometimes people can look at church, particularly a church that's just about the size of our church, and can see it literally like like that, if you like, but also... Uh, I referred to this before this sort of sense of well there's the pastor and then there's everyone else but actually I believe what scripture describes here and even in Ephesians it's much more like that Um, and if anything it's like that okay there's a serving there's a serving the one thing I didn't like about the NLT translation it missed out the word serving right gifts of service um, the, the heart is there, but it doesn't actually use the words. It's about serving. It's from the bottom up. It's not from the top down. It's about, it's about serving. And so that's what we're wanting to do more and more is to see people released and recognising strengths and gifts. So there are strengths that I have, but there are weaknesses that I have. And I don't believe God has called me to do everything and to be everything. He hasn't called you to do everything and be everything But he's called each one of us to this this phrase, as each part does its own special work. And as each part does that, the glory, the multicolored, the diversity of the wisdom of God gets displayed. Because it's not just one person that it lives and dies and falls by one person. It's the body being fruitful on display. But it, it isn't then that people go, oh, look at that lemon. Look at that lemon tree. Look at the lemons on the lemon tree. Look at the healthiness. <clears throat> look at the greenness. Look at, the, look at the, the lemons that are on the tree. The eye is not on the one. It's on the multicolored, multi-flavored wisdom of God. Are you with me? It's very quiet today. I think it may be because you've had first week back at work or whatever. But, um, But yeah. So let me, as I just come towards a close, let me just highlight a couple of things as we finish. So I just want to read the message version of those verses 11 and 12. He handed out gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher to train Christ followers in skilled servant work, working within Christ's body, the church, until we are all moving rhythmically and easily with each other. Efficient and graceful in response to God's Son. Fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive like Christ. Isn't that a wonderful description? Wonderful description of the church. A fruitful church. A fruitful church. As as Rodney said, a church that will bless not just cows, not just the Isle of Wight, but the nation's. I wonder how it makes you feel when I say you are all leaders. You are all leaders. See, whether you're leading your family, leading in your workplace, leading in an area of church, or simply leading yourself, you are all leaders. You all have influence, even if it's only just over yourself. For many of you, there will be uh, children that you have influence over. There will be partners you have influence in different ways. In the workplace, in the church, of course, and and in many other ways. But we are all leaders. We are all called to bear fruit. To display the multicolored wisdom of God's. And this multicolored, this multi-flavoured is key. As I've already said, it will be different things for different ones of us. We don't have to all be the same. In fact, I want to say to you, we shouldn't try to all be the same. We shouldn't try to do something that someone else is doing, if that's not what we're called to do. And we shouldn't try to make someone else do something we think they should do. Okay? We're different. But at the same time, we want to recognise the work and the calling of God and release people into those callings. And my heart is that we're going to do that more and more, in this, particularly in this coming year. There's numbers of ways that I want to see people re- released and recognised in all sorts of ways. And in that light, just particularly I want to mention one person as a, as a starter, if you like, starter for ten, I want to mention Liz. Les Seger, right there. Let's, let's give Les a clap. <laughs> so, Les and I have been meeting, we've been chatting, we've been talking. I'm recognising that more and more we want to release people into the gifts and call of God. And uh, I've been talking to Les and I came up with a title, and we then thrashed it through. I said to Les, how would you feel about being the pastoral care coordinator, Okay. Now, I reckon that rings bells straight away around this room, doesn't it? In fact, I can see the nods. You see, it's a recognising of a gift and a call. That means that Les is going to do all the pastoral care now in the church. (laughs) He and I have an agreement that is the opposite of the truth. (laughs) He's already a man who cares. He's already a man who comes along quietly alongside different ones of you. Some of you will have already spoken of the blessing. But it's not that he will do it all, at all. But he has a skill. I've got to know him. He has a skill to support, to see things, to spot things. But also, to quote the message, I believe he has a skill to train. Some of you have been around the receiving end of that. I think many others of you will that wonderful tra- phrase, to train Christ followers in skilled servant work. I very much agree with Les that he will not be doing it all at all. We're, there's many of us involved in different ways. But there are dots to be connected. There are people where, who can easily fall between the gaps. We want to start to close those gaps. We want to coordinate together. We want to have a coordinating point. We also want to think about what are the, the needs and, and how can we meet them. Les is keen to be involved in that. I believe he's a gift. Now, <clears throat> some people might say, oh, that's good, because Les is a trained counsellor or whatever. I want to say to you, and I said to Les directly myself, I, this conversation and this has come about not because he's a trained counsellor, it's because he's Les. It's because he's a man of God. And, and with Terry, also actually Terry together. and I know Terry in her own way is picking up with people all the time and so I appreciate that Terry, really do. And I know your support with Les in it. There's just one example. I hope Les, ter- Les is sitting there thinking he hates this kind of thing. So, um, but it's a good example. And, uh, and we're going to be doing numbers of this this year, I believe, very much so that we can grow but also so that we d- we're no longer this, we've become that <laughs> okay, uh, that, that people are released to run in their lanes, but we recognise it uh, more, more clearly and more specifically. So if you all rush to Les with every single pastoral issue you've got, I just need to know, you need to know, I've already agreed with him, he and I will sit down and talk about these things together. It's coordinating, yes you'll be involved, but it's a coordinating, it's a working together and make, and closing the gaps. Are you with me? understanding. Now, Susan, of course, Susan Revell, is Susan in? Oh, yeah, she's in. Susan's already doing a great job of creating and coordinating prayer cover in numbers of different ways. Both on a Sunday, so appreciate that. Really, really do. And I love Susan's determination. She goes, Mark, you've forgotten the prayer again. And I just love it. She doggedly, just you'll hear her voice. And I'm so thankful for that. And of and the course, there's crossover, So did you hear that phrase, as we work together? So there's crossover, so there's things that Susan will already be involved in, there'll be things that Les might be coordinating, so they need to talk together. In fact, they are already talking together. Some things have been going on behind the scenes, but we know that there's more as it grows. Okay? So she will be talking with him and he with her, and they'll be sharing together and working together. There'll be other examples, some already underway, others to be recognised and released, until we are all moving rhythmically and easily with each other. Isn't that a wonderful phrase? Okay? But let me, as I literally have finished, just realise the time. The reason the lemon tree was healthy, substantial and fruitful was all down to the fact that it was growing very close to the wall. And so you will be these things if you grow very close to Jesus. Stick very close to him. Don't stray from him because it's in his shelter you will be fruitful drawing upon his life. John 15. Okay? So... I've been thinking uh, a lot and praying about what we should look at in, uh, as our, our next series as a church. It's part of, part of my role. And uh, I thought I had something in mind, and I think it's still there. But I was at another church um, over the Christmas break with my uh, sister and brother and my dad and on that middle Sunday of Christmas, and they announced a new series. And You know, sometimes there's a moment when something just gets announced. You go, oh, <gasps> And uh, I've just been living with what God wants to do with us. And this whole thing about abiding, about coming close and knowing Jesus that we might be fruitful in what he's called us to be as a church. And the title of this new series that this church has actually started on, they started last week I think, it's called The Forgotten Arts. The Forgotten Arts. And the title immediately caught my attention. These are the kinds of things they were looking at. Prayer. Fasting. Giving, memorizing Scripture, rest, solitude, and reverence. Do you like that that series? Doesn't it sound wonderful? And I thought, and I think there may be one or two others that God may add. I think the whole thing of hearing God, recognizing the voice of God, the forgotten arts. How are we going to? One of the things that we had to learn with the lemon tree. Um, that we've been attempting to grow at our house and we've, we've learnt some lessons it has got some lemons on it um, is that how often it needs to be watered and how it needs to be fed and the, the soil and I think in this day and age in the world in which we're living the context in which we are in society prayer fasting committing scripture to memory solitude, reverence, rest, some of these other ones, hearing from God, I think they're so important. So that's what I'm going to be looking at, that's what we're going to be looking at over these next weeks as we walk up towards Easter, as we come close that we might bear fruit. Can I invite you to stand? God's purpose intention in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Heavenly Father, we are challenged by that verse. We are deeply provoked by it, the implications of it. We thank you that you've given us your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you've given us one another. I pray today, as we look out on this year, as we look out on all that we believe you're calling us to and words that are over us and things that you're saying, we, we just come again and say, would you draw us close to Jesus? Bring us close to Jesus. Thank you for the access that we have to the Father through the Son, by the Holy Spirit. Pray that we might be a church this year that are flooded with your presence. That we might see your face even as we were provoked earlier in the worship to turn our eyes again and look at you. Lord, we we say would you bring forth fruit in this church. Fruit of blessing to one another. Help us to be an encouragement and a strength to one another. And Lord, we long for it to flow out of this place more and more into our community, into the island and beyond. We pray for that. Lord, we do not want it just to be a nice place here within the walls, as it were, within the community here, but that it might impact, the flavour, the distinctiveness might impact our community. We've much to learn. We've much to grow in. We pray that you'd help us. We pray your your release. I speak again, release. Lord, thank you for the keys that you've given us. Thank you for the gifts across this church. And I pray for release. I pray that people will feel released. pray that people will feel a confidence from you to step in and to step out in all that you have for them. Thank you for all that is already happening. Thank you for those who served us in the worship today. Thank you for those who welcomed us Thank you for those who are about to serve us in the refreshments. Thank you for those who served in the children's work this morning. Father, we, we thank you for the gifts. We thank, thank you for men and women like Les and Terry. Lord, we give thanks to them. Even as, as it were, we're publicly saying something right now. Father, we reach out a hand to Les and we speak the blessing of God over him, the grace of God as he helps us, as together we coordinate. Thank you for what Susan's doing and even now as there'll be prayer available after the meeting right now. Lord, release your spirit among us more and more. Release us as your people. Let the gifts of your spirit flow among us. Lord God, speak to us over the next three days as we pray and worship together. Lord, we we just bring all these things to you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Amen.